Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. De los productores de Betty in New York, Telemundo presenta. ¿Sabes que esto se acabó? Ya. La historia de dos amigas en crisis matrimonial. ¿Sigues con la idea de separarnos? Sí. Y el insólito pacto de un esposo que podría salvar la relación. Vamos a darnos 100 días para ver qué pasa. 100 días para enamorarnos. Una historia que los emocionará, los hará reír, llorar y reflexionar. De lunes a viernes, 98 Centro, por Telemundo. Welcome to the Diva Talk Radio, evening edition of Diva Talk Radio. We'll start out the evening off fresh with a new Diva Talk hot topic of finding your way after a long series of things that happen and you just don't know what to do, except for find a way to be mindful and be present and also find a way to be proactive instead of reactive it is not easy to do and the reason why I wanted to do this diva talk session is you know us ladies some gents that listen hey fellas <laughs> it's good seeing y'all because I just didn't want to call you guys gals you know but I know sometimes you guys listen with your gal so just pull up a, a, a seat and sit next to your girl and pour a little glass And I just wanted to speak on it because I had a um, brief discussion earlier about some things that I did not care for. And we all have those times in our lifetime that we address things that we don't like. And it unnerves people and it makes them feel some type of way. And the reason why is because once you start setting boundaries and you start addressing the things that bother you, that sets you in a mode of healing and moving towards where you need to be at and being present in your daily growth and where you're going and not where you're at but where you're going to be going to and sometimes in your destination you have to stop take a couple of steps back in order to go and figure out where things left off where things had you up here screaming you know and just ready to just for lack of better words punch somebody out And you know that a reasonable adult can't do all that kind of stuff because you have to learn how to pick and choose your battles and walk away, right? And you have to be unified and in a whole level of enlightenment to be calm in the time where people like to disrupt your life or test your boundaries 
or for lack of better words, like to test your gangster, and you literally be at this point. Finish him! And the literal points that you have to be at as an adult to not react to a lot of abusive behaviors of people is real. And it's like, it's hard to do as an adult when you have childish people that you deal with. And part of that is learning how to be present as to what's going on, being aware of your feelings. And we talked about all of this stuff here recently in a couple of different episodes and whatnot. And I haven't been back with you guys for a little hot second. And I know I've been neglecting you, my divas and my male divas. Because I know sometimes you men can get beside yourself and have your male period. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about all these things because part of managing how your life is going to go and how the outcome is going to be is based on like reaction and for every action there is a reaction and I wanted to hit on it because we never talk about a serious subject which is domestic violence, domestic abuse and domestic terrorism and a lot of times uh, an abuse victim is usually caught up in the reaction and not the action is being ever looked at as important to isolate and reduce the risks to the person it's being done to. And I wanted to hit on it because it's a lot of things that happen to people in their lifetime, but we we have this tendency to sit up here and want to go brush it underneath the table or want to sit there and ignore the effects of chronic abuse or, you know, things that cause uproars into people's lives, their lifestyle, their business, their their personal life, their professional life, and sometimes even when it comes down to it, married life. And sometimes that married life is over once all that occurs or even relationships that were good can go sour because once you get to a level of abusive things or emotionally abusive or toxic behaviors or toxic levels of abuse or continued levels of infliction of pain, suffering, or trying to heat someone hot and do things to shut them up or do things that will harm them or emotionally batter them, you change that person forever. You don't get the same person you had from the get-go. And a lot of people will want people not to talk about it because it actually hits close to home or it's something that they do or some people actually take pride in being abusive emotionally harmful hateful miserable or some of them are very manipulative people and your master manipulators are those type of people who will inflict pain and suffering to you know they'll be okay with betraying you or doing levels of of things to keep you from moving forward but they don't realize the levels and depths of their harm or their hatefulness or their battery or emotional battery or emotional terrorism or physical or even environmental terrorism that affects a person long term even long after a person is gone or if other people who get involved in a situation adjacently that think it's okay to enable or continue the abuse per stirpes due to wanting to uphold their friend and Either their friend got in trouble or law got involved or levels and depths of things or loss that come occurring. But as long as they're not occurring, the loss. And that's part of it. And so when you see victims of domestic violence or domestic abuse who are going through reactive abuse, a lot of people like to victim shame, victim blame. And I saw this cool article. And it was so cool because this lady, she's over in the UK, and they're quite ahead on domestic violence, domestic abuse, and domestic terrorism. 
And one thing I read is that do not focus on broken people for an evil person. A, a broken person can be fixed. An evil person cannot. An evil person causes pain. They hurt others. They relish in it. They deliberately cause chaos. A broken person can never do anything of those things because they know how it feels to be on the other side of these actions. Don't confuse someone who has been who can be saved with someone you will need to be saved from. And that is true. Because the difference between being broken is someone trying to break you emotionally, physically, financially, and everything else. Those are coercive control, things that are used in domestic violence, domestic disputes, but you're seen uh, reacting to it. And, you know, after you've tolerated it so long or gone through it so long, there's only so much a person can take. And then when you're seen cussing, fussing, going off on someone about it or addressing these things, people want to validate or victim shame, victim blame. And again, like I said, the lady in the UK has actually written a book about it and how victims get blamed. And a lot of times, you know, even if you choose wisely who you allow in your life, you can't always predict how somebody's going to be. And... You have to remember when you even take painstaking care to pick out or if you're picked out by someone, you take painstaking care to ask questions. Some people are good at acting. And part of this is like in all seriousness, in all essence, people love to shame the victim. Why didn't you leave earlier? Or, you know, how come you stayed so long? Or the Stockholm or the um, what they call um, trauma bonding that happens with an abuser and you tend to stay longer than you should have and a lot of people will still want to shift the blame to the victim especially when the victim righteously starts reacting or finally it comes to a head and they finally start speaking up and you know they're tired you know and they just start hitting back you know so take this scenario who is stalking who? Person 1 tweets generic photo of a trip in January. Person 2 tweets meme about the trolling March 20 using person 1's photos. Person 1 has blocked person 2. Is person 1 the stalker? Is person 2 the stalker? It would be person 2 because person 2 knows that the person blocked them, but you went out your way to go and find their picture, and you went out your way to go RT it or in some places post it knowing full well this person doesn't talk to you does not do any contact a lot of times um an abuse victim goes through that where they go out their way painstakingly to go no contact gray rock and yet the abuser or pals tend to go still do these type of things and then you can't say victim two is a, a victim you can't say that number two is a victim or number one is not the victim. You'd have to say number one is the victim because you know number one is going out their way to go and not talk to this person. But you know you've had conflict with this person or you've had domestic violence with this person. Therefore, you're doing everything in your power to go and stay away from that person. So therefore, there is nothing you can do with a person who is a habitual harasser, stalker, provoker, gaslighter, things like that. And a lot of people don't know these terms in domestic violence or if they do, they try to use them against the victim. And a lot of times the victim it takes forever and a day for them to figure out what's going on by the time they do the level of anger and upset is justifiable anger and upset but people like to invalidate that a lot and part of that is that the culture of wanting to act like it doesn't exist does not help 
people who go through these things and it does not help in mindfulness and trying to get to a, a place of recovery it doesn't help in a person trying to move on from all that because people want you to let it go forget about it and things like that but what they're failing to understand is invalidation and continued harping berating belittling or finding ways to get under someone's skin does not help the situation in fact it adds more risk factors the domestic stalker domestic abuser terrorist knows that and they continue it and that's one of the hardest things to deal with and tolerate because they will go out their way to do that and the sad part about it those that think it's funny will call it a joke and those that are it's being done to don't find it funny and probably never will but the sad part about it the culture of of finding things funny that are very crass very rude very wrong very disrespectful very deadly very de detrimental to someone's emotional health mental health and then what most people do in society's culture is want to question the victim's mental health or want to question their behavioral health and want to sit there and victim shame, victim blame, and toxic shame someone who's legitimately been through levels of what I call nuclear psychological warfare enacted by someone who is intimate. This is what they call intimate partner violence, and people don't get that either. And they seem to think that that's something easy to do or okay to do to someone or justified as long as it's not them, or they're fine with it as long as it's not them, their kids, or their family. And if you know reasonably you would do something to someone if it was happening to your family, then don't do it to someone else and justify it. And that's part of the domestic violence abuse culture or the phenomenon of victim shame, victim blame, and then try to go and toxic shame the victim and reasonable reactions. And part of that is that we have to look at how we operate and the the abuser's idea of a haven is a victim's living hell because you have to think about it. A victim is a target of the abuser or people who adjacent enable abuser and doing what they're doing so when you think about that and having to try to be mindful and recover it makes it that much harder because when you have outside sources or parties who think that it's okay to enable an abuser in their toxic behaviors whether it's jokes or no jokes whether it's real or 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 manufactured it still doesn't matter there's a level of damage that's done permanent damage and you know victims do become totally isolated and you know, it doesn't let up when you're working. It doesn't let up in private conversations with people in the outside world who get privy to these private conversations, the invasions of privacy, the levels and depths that people go. And a lot of people who live this every day. And I was thinking about COVID and how people are seeing with their domestic violence ridden situations and some of them who are remote doing it to their mates and spouses and other things like that and other people who are doing this to their objects of obsession. I don't mean affection but obsession because there's a difference between having a, a like for someone and care for someone or love for someone and being obsessed or fatal attraction to someone or fatal obsession with someone. And people need to know the difference of what coercive control is and a hell on earth is dealing with that and a lot of times it emotionally erodes your soul your mental health your emotional health in order to to maintain that and be mindful in that and trying to mind your reactions to it because once it's done so much and it's done so many times so many cycles of it it becomes a detrimental and 
imprint in your brain, your mind, your spirit, your behavior, and your thought process, and you become hypervigilant. So a lot of people don't understand that, but they'll be quick to say, oh, your language, or you're being vulgar, or anger management, or... Or, or you're angry and the worst part about it is like you're justified in that anger you're justified in being upset but at that same token I'm trying to find a way to talk to you all in that manner about domestic violence so you understand it before we unpack it about how 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 to be present and mindful of how you feel in order to find a way to relax relate and release in the middle of all that and especially during covid i wanted to do this for the people who are going through this because i've been through it i've lived through it and it's not easy to go in recovery phase and a lot of times you're going to get went after for starting to teach others or explain what domestic violence is like and what it's like for others and a lot of people want you to shut up about it because it means it's close to home or things that they've done or how they mistreated their mate or their spouse or significant other or baby mothers or things like that. And a lot of people take it upon themselves to think that that's okay to do or justify it, but they don't want to hear the truth because the ugly truth might hit close to home. And when you think of that, most people don't like the strength in most recovery victims or people who congregate to do that. And the reason why I talk about this is because um, what started my road to recovery from domestic violence was actually doing support groups and actually creating a um, charity, Caring Orchid Foundation. I want you guys to go to it and you'll see it and everything else. Uh, take a look. But that was founded while I was homeless and I had been through a level of situations that were culminating, overlapping for a number of years, plus domestic violence and domestic terrorism that happened. And part of what helped me cope with a lot of stuff on my own before I started really going and saying it's okay to go see a doctor and reading some things that helped me unlock the keys to go on to the doctor and get the help that I needed. And there's some people who tease me about behavioral health or things like that. But there's nothing funny about somebody going to see doctors, nothing funny about a person trying to go and get the help that they need for chronic PTSD from that or levels of PTSD inflicted from a narcissistic personality disordered person or antisocial personality disordered person and toxic things and deadly things that could have killed me, could have killed my child in situations that destroyed my whole entire family because of domestic violence, domestic terrorism and other things that are adjacent that overlapped at six degrees of separation. And when you think of that, that's part of the reason why I did this um, excerpt about it. And we'll talk about mindfulness and how to go through it and get through it and power through it and pray until something happens. So with that, a lot of times people will sit there and blame and say, why do victims of any type of violence or abuse need to change their lives to accommodate the perpetrator or of said abuse or violence? You don't. You should always address it and be mindful of how you feel so you can keep the pace of your emotions. Here's the reason why. It's easy for victims to get into their emotions and the impact statement can go left. And then on top of that, um, when you're trying to document things, it's not easy, especially when you have people going after you in real time while you're trying to document what's happened and there's some people who don't want you to tell the truth and there's some people who really just don't like it because it reveals the ugly in them to hate in them the hate that they give and they in the un, pure unadulterated levels of cruelty that they've done and a lot of people don't want to see it 
Because that means you have to own or look at what kind of person you are legitimately and what kind of person you are to enable it. And that takes a level of reflection, something that narcs can't do, toxic people can't do, humiliators, toxic manipulators can't do. They're not capable and they don't want to and they don't have that bit of remorse. They don't have that empathy. They don't have that insight. And they don't have the cognitive ability to realize what they do is wrong or detrimental or deadly sometimes or manipulative to the point that it destroys lives. And so with that, we'll go into how we become mindful when we're expressing this because it's not easy. I can tell you because there's times where I have been live on social media and tried to document what was going on and I have people that gone after me because of what I was saying and my valid feelings and they tried to invalidate that and it's not okay or people who try to do intel for an op or someone who is not a friend of mine but a friend of the ops or people who have sat there and enabled it for years and did nothing and then it's easy for them to go after me so they can erode the vigil validity of what I was saying and a lot of that is hurtful and harmful in itself and it erodes the validity of what a victim is saying but I no longer consider myself a victim I've written self-help books and teamworld.online and I've also um, written self-help for people who have gone through toxic relationships and things like that and that's the reason why I do talk radio now is I do it on Dadeva coaching because I'm a certified life coach and health coach as well and relationship as well and if you check out those websites, you'll check out all the things that I do for children and also for adults and small business as well. So, and my background is in human resources and business management. I was going through all of that while I was going through college. So I share this with my viewers because I want some of you guys to get there from here and learn that a lot of it takes a lot of powering through it, getting through it, channeling out the burning hot heat of demonic spirits and people who are heavy weights of poisonous to you and poisonous to your mental health, emotional health, your welfare, your sanity. And a lot of people do not want you to recover and become sane and completely where you were at beforehand before someone tried to erode your sanity or mental health and want to, and the people who want to question your mental health are usually the ones who are every bit a part of trying to erode it or do things to you to erode your ability your inner shine your inner light and that's what happened to me so I'm trying to relate this to a lot of people so that you learn from this and a lot of you guys take these um, steps in breathing and being present and then we'll talk about mindfulness the next time around I didn't talk about something light and airy the next time, but I just really wanted to kind of give you guys and shed some light since I haven't been around for a minute. And, you know, I neglected my babies on here, and I want you guys to know I love you to life and back. <laughs> I know. You love me, and I love you too. So, anyway, let's get cracking on it, and we'll talk about And the reason why I do this is just like it helps to grow. And we're talking about different things that do help. So we're going to talk about taking 10 breaths and ways to get present. Because taking 10 breaths is a way for you to take 10 slow, deep breaths, focus on breathing, and it's in and out as slowly as possible until lungs are completely empty and then allow them to refill themselves. In this, you're going to notice the sensation in your in your uh, rib cage and rising and falling of it and the gentle rise and fall of your shoulders. And part of this is that you can let your thoughts in, come and go. And just as you're thinking about that, you become mindful of your surroundings, how you're feeling, how you're 
projecting your feelings and your emotions and then on top of that not allowing others to project their poisonous venom their 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 demonic ways their out of order trifling ways or things that cause you levels of emotional reaction or reactive syndrome that a lot of people have after dealing with years and years of abuse or detriment or torment or anything of emotional violence or that pentameter of domestic violence and those that are living in covid situations with their domestic violence um, spouse or off boarding from a relationship divorcing and you can't quite leave or you're in a tie-up of money or situations like that of course or control situations it can become detrimental to your emotional health and mental health so I'm trying to help you learn how to breathe through all that and during COVID find a way to go and check out emotionally from it and be present in how you're feeling but check out from the abuser or anybody in domestic violence or inclined to be toxic or a massive level of manipulation being done to you in that retrospect so that you can understand a way to go and exit out the things, drop the anchor on the heavy weights of toxicity and start removing that mentally so you can actually figure out how you're moving post COVID and move on from it. And it's easier said than done. And a lot of people say, why don't you just move on? Why don't you just get over it? You don't get over years and years of stuff, just like you don't recover just overnight and it takes time so therefore I'm reminding you guys my viewers my babies that a lot of the times it's going to be one of those things that it takes time it takes a lot of practice it takes a lot of repeating those different things in order for you to sort through it figure out the ahas and the moments that can help you grow from it and go back and look back in it and not cry about it but you'll find a way to grow from it and not be as angry about it because you're justified in anger you're justified in upset you're justified in wanting to cuss people out because it happens and i'll explain why in the minute but um in that you're going to see that you can let your thoughts come and go as just as they're passing through then you're going to expand your awareness simultaneously noticing your breathing and your body then you're going to look around and notice what you can see here and smell and touch and appreciate that then on top of that we're going to talk about dropping the anchor and in that you have to drop that heavy weight you have to drop that anvil and you have to drop that level of heavy weight of anger upset and animosity and toxicity and hostility again it's either easier said than done and not only that you have to find a way to plant yourself and plant yourself ironclad on the ground with your feet and still standing while people are steady trying to knock you down so fall down seven you get up eight and part of that and dropping the anchor is it's just for you to plant your feet in the floor push them down notice what's beneath you which is the floor but notice the energy when you plant your feet in the ground and you get planted there right the energy that's coming from the ground all the way up through you should be light energy and emotionally exhilarating energy and better air quality better sense of feeling your surroundings should feel more pure pure at heart pure at mind pure at spirit and you want to be able to feel that purity through your lungs and you want to feel that emotional level of being present and okay instead of it's okay not to be okay but you want to be okay with not being okay but learn how to be okay but it's going to take time in that recovery process so in that you're being present in that you're addressing the things that make you 
upset but you're learning how to be calm and you improve your argument that way sometimes and then sometimes it doesn't require you to be calm especially if you've gone to levels of depths of being calm and sometimes it takes that up or it takes that level of putting people in their place it takes that level of addressing the things that are wrong to write them because some people don't hear it when you're being nice and sometimes you do have to get to a point of nice for what because like people I think enjoy manipulating and emotionally playing with people and I think sometimes people like to take it to the next level until you nuclear go off then they want to be justified and what they're saying about you or the smear campaigns or the things that happen and here we're going to go into that in just a minute why so what you're going to do is you're going to push down and then you're going to see the floor is supporting you just as the light energy is supporting you right so then on top of that, you're going to notice your entire body, the gravity flowing through your your head, your spine, your legs into your feet and back up, going back from your feet, your your spine and your legs and all that all the way up to your head. So then look around and notice what you can see here around you and notice who and what and where and how you're feeling. Then on top of that, notice the five things. After that, you're going to pause for a moment. Then you're going to look around. You're going to notice how you feel. You notice what made you feel good. And you're going to notice the things around you that are causing you to be present. And then you're going to notice how you're being mindful and being present right now. Because once I teach you the mindful things about that in recovery is that, and this is a two-part series, is that you have to be mindful, but you have to learn how to be present first before you become mindful. And we'll talk about that on Don Diva Coaching, but I'm also going to do a second excerpt of this for you guys for this two-part mini-series about this. Because this is a serious topic, and I want my babies to understand it, and, you know, we all get to know each other and things like that. And we're also going to have fun, hot topics, too. So don't think that this is going to be dreary and downtrodden all the time, you know, like, So we're not going to sing taps to our life being downtrodden all the time, right? But we're talking about these things for those that are going through COVID and going through this experience because it's real. And these are things that we need to hit on and talk about. And it brings out the worst in some people. And, you know, being of that pentameter, you do not want to get to the point that you don't shed light on these things. These things help people cope. And there's somebody out there who's listening who might be going through this and they need a way to feel better and cope with what they're going through. So that's my way of giving back and giving service that way. So in that, you're going to see and listen carefully and notice five things that you can hear what you can see and things against your leg, your arms, your face, your body your back your feet and then you're going to think about finally doing all these things simultaneously that is how you are being present in coping with things and then that's the same way you use it in pentameter with reactive abuse and learning how to handle that and being present and how you feel so you don't lose your your footing and your ground and your legwork and trying to absolutely recover and get where you need to be at and part of that is what I was talking about with that doctor in the UK and um, why women are blamed for everything, exploring victim blaming of women. And we're not going to just say women. We're going to say men because men are victims too. And I say men too because men go through the same exact thing, but a lot of times they don't come forward either. So it's a, it's a lot. And then exploring uh, the levels and depths of that. And I'm going to purchase this book because it's one of those things that is a fundamental resource for that. And it helps a lot of uh, abuse victims. And so pick it up. It's by Dr. Jess Taylor. So I want you guys to um, hear about that. And 
a lot of the level of hate and abuse is in direct proportion to those that are trying to recover and those of us who have come to a level of trying to recover even with our doctors but outside of our doctors to support things and things that we do to recover and sometimes it makes other people's demons act up and a lot of times it'll make someone who is a a very manipulative toxic person feel some type of shame that they're not used to doing but they're used to shaming their victims or their targets and a lot of times that doesn't sit well with people who are manipulative sociopathic narcissistic or like to play dumb insolence or like to pay a friend to everybody's a friend to nobody type so with that it's a level of strength and, you know, people will attack you when you're doing something good. You're never attacked when you're on a bad level. People want you to stay there so they can feel like Captain Save It or they've done something for you or they picked you up or they've played the hero card. Sometimes you have to be your own hero. And what Dr. Jess Taylor and everybody else in the um, mental health community and other communities in the United States do is important. And it's important for the United States to start catching up with the U.K., and the DSM-5 and 11 and other areas of DSM work to start updating um, domestic terrorism, domestic abuse as chargeable offenses and things that need to be looked at because they have become detrimental and there's levels of things that need to be coordinated with the courts and also for the police officers to become heroes in this and also for social services to become the heroes in this and then also for family courts to become the heroes in this because it's not easy to deal with it and a lot of education needs to be done on both sides in regards to that so in that I want to remind you guys that caring for yourself is not self-indulgence it's self-preservation that is an act of um, legitimately being mindful and being present that you need care for yourself and love yourself and and understand yourself more so that you can recover in a, a pentameter of light feeling and light energy just like you did this breathing exercise right so we breathe in we breathe out but you've learned how to be able to cope during COVID, but post-COVID be able to move on and then find a level of gratefulness in a detrimental situation. Because here's how reactive abuse is usually used against the person who's going through it. And the tendency is that people use that as a way for courts to gather false evidence. They do this a lot to sit there and validate their accusations that might be wrong or absolutely shaming or victim blaming and bullying and things like that and we have a culture of online shaming which we'll go into that here later and that's part of an initiative I have which is cyberbullyingsucks.com and I want you guys to check that out as well and it's an initiative about bullying and cyberbullying and whatnot for children. It's also coinciding, teaming up with TeamWorld.online about that. Because it's become the norm for social media shaming and people expecting people to reasonably forgive things that are unforgivable and expecting people to feel some type of level of wanting to forgive someone who's done unforgivable crossing the line things and you have to remember those different things when you do that so when you take the risk of harming someone or hurting someone you take the risk of them not forgiving you and they don't have to and you don't have to shame them or guilt them into that or toxic shame or toxic humiliate them and you know how the concept of forgiveness is used a way as a way to gaslight a victim or victim shame or victim blame a person for reasonably feeling upset about things that have been done to them and why forgiveness sometimes is overrated and I'll go over those different things in the second part mini series of this and 
a lot of times people will use this religiously or non-religiously as a way for them to justify what they've done or to cope with what they've done. And those are things that we have to learn not to do to people. And we have to learn to just be okay with a person not being okay with what we've done and move on from it. And, and hence, that's why we were discussing this in the two-part miniseries. And then that's why we're going to go over these little articles and things like that, because it does help. And we'll discuss this and unpack forgiveness and spouses and marriages and relationships and why sometimes it's okay to move on without that forgiveness, but to find a way to reasonably not react to the levels of upset and the emotional animosity or hostility, because it's easier said than done. Yep. Like I said. So let's talk about that what reactive abuse syndrome does to someone. So with reactive abuse, it literally causes a level of hostility and animosity, right? And what happens is that people will talk about your language, how you're using things, how you're saying things, and they will try, try to toxic shame you to be make you be quiet about it or make you feel some type of way for a justified reaction to their insufferable, intolerable, emotionally violent behavior. And usually those emotionally violent con artists or enabling people who do this are the people that will impede investigations or impede justice being served or will enable someone because they low-key benefit from it or they have benefited for a long time. And and they don't want their part in doing harm to be revealed. And a lot of that is used in courts. A lot of that is because the victim are too often incorrectly assumed to have been somehow complicit in the abuse. And, and most victims, or what I call warriors, are not responsible for the abuse they suffer. And abuse is not a two-sided story. Police and courts and judges and things like that, like I said, have to become the hero, not the facilitator or bystander in it. Because a lot of times you've got the covert bullies, you've got the covert abusers and domestic violence that's not being seen, but it takes intel and required things that are have not been done yet. And it's time for cyber and digital law to catch up with all of that so part of that is you can't blame the cops you can't blame the courts you can't blame dcnf but you can but at the same token you don't want to go there you want to ad adjust the sale and talk about these different things and this is why you go and lobby these things this is why you have bills made this is why the uk has made this initiative this is why the united states is not far behind it and it, it needs to become an important thing that you don't erode the importance to how domestic violence works and then the thing is in the middle of covid you're seeing a lot of spikes in domestic violence calls you're seeing a lot of people going through it and you're going to see a lot of spikes in divorce and that's the reason why it's a two-part miniseries because it's going to be long and a lot of people will like to shame the victim and saying that they're complicit in all of that they're not most of the time by the time the victim understands what's going on it's probably past the point of oh my god what happened and your mind is blown and that's where the anger sets in that's where the PTSD and trauma sets in and the sheer trauma of it all will set off a level of a firecracker of lividity and anger and it's not easy and it, I tell you it's emotionally gutting and it's emotionally harmful and it causes victims to break down in reactive abuse because malicious or malignant narcissists or sociopaths convincing others that you are at fault or crazy another dark ploy that a narcissist or malignant narcissist or sociopaths do is they contact relatives in-laws friends anyone who will listen to broadcast blatant lies about your character which is called a smear campaign this doesn't happen in all instances but it's remarkable the lengths that this malicious individual will exceed to trash you but 
put you at fault and lead others to believe that you're crazy, need immediate psychiatric help, or con or contact you, or covert suggest behavioral health, behavioral management, or try to question your mental health. You always have, or say that you've always been unstable, etc. And that's the usual story that you hear from victims because. It's like, the, again, the same usual story, different page, same book, but coming from different people who have gone through the same thing. And it's hard for that victim to actually come forward because a lot of times the covertness, the stealthness, the cyber baits, cyber stealth, cyber provoke, and then the offline and the environmental terrorism goes hand in hand. And a lot of time law enforcement doesn't see it. And a lot of times it takes investigation, it takes red tape, it takes the approvals, and it takes a long time to prove what's going on. And it's emotionally gutting and detrimental for the person going through it because the not being believed is what's so hard for a victim and what seemed like for years on end this is from a um quote from a victim and i'll let them stay nameless for what it seemed like for years on end i had tried to explain to others that he was an abuser a narcissist and i'll put he or she is an abuser or a narcissist because guys are not mutually exclusive or excluded from this or same sex I do not exclude anybody from this because this happens to anybody everybody my words would cease and fall onto deaf ears thus after so long I had enough and I finally lashed out at the narcissist ironically faster than a lightning speed the flying monkeys gathered together and yelled out in unison that I was the narcissist funny how that works no it's not funny because that's reactive abuse and these are examples of what happened. And no, you're not crazy. It's you're tired of their bullshit. And for lack of better words, they're narcissistic, toxic bullshit. Sometimes it's deadly. If it goes down to levels and depths of you're literally pulling your hair out, screaming. You're waking up to the nightmare you've been battling for an extended amount of time. And a lot of times your reaction of anger, hostility, cussing someone out morning, noon, and night, and going at it morning, noon, and night is because you're attacking the levels and depths of harm, and it's layers and layers and layers. And with that, we have to go and address these different things. So that's why we're going to go into part two the next session. So I want to close this out that it's not okay and that it's okay to not be okay. And victims responding with anger, another normal reaction in and the toxic abuser then accuses the victim of being the abusive person. The toxic person accuses the victim of being abusive for reacting to their abuse. So with that, you have to learn these different steps and understand that we need people to step up, step out, and show up and show out for victims or warriors, what have you, that are going into recovery and start standing beside them and tell them that I'm here for you. I'm there for you. I'll listen as long as you need to talk about it, and I'm here. So I'm going to take you guys out of here with that, and we'll go into session two about this the next time. And next go round okay so everybody have a good night we'll take you out of here with some good music Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.